Wind howls through the trees and rushes in the cracks of the cave, whistling shrilly. I bolt upright, startled. In the bleary moments just after waking from a deep sleep, I worry that they found us. When my eyes adjust, I see that we are alone and our defenses have not been breached. I sigh and feel the panic begin to leak from my body as my eyes sweep the familiar surroundings. The sun has not risen yet. Eerie, iridescent light trickles in with the streams of air that carry the sweet, pungent zing of ozone. Sharp and fresh, the scent fills the cave. I wonder if my sister, June, smells it. It is one of her favorite scents, the way the atmosphere smells before it rains. But she's still asleep, her small body curled in a ball beside me. I am tempted to wake her. She does not like to miss any opportunity for joy, as joy is a rarity in our world. But she looks too serene to disturb. With her eyes closed and her features relaxed, she looks her age, eight years old. Her brow is not creased in concern. Her eyes are not narrowed, as they usually are. Her face is smooth, innocent. She looks at peace. But I know that when she finally wakes, favorite sense or no favorite sense, peace will seep from her. Daylight will appear to age her. It always does. I watch her for several moments. The familiar ache begins in my chest and quickly tightens my throat. I swallow hard, gulping in vain against the lump of dread stuck there. I don't know why I bother. It never moves. I doubt it will ever leave. Thunder rumbles and shakes the cave's stone walls. Rain patters at first, then drums loudly, the shriek of the wind accompanying it. A violent storm is underway. Still, June remains asleep, unbothered and unaware of it. I almost envy her. Her eyelids flutter and a small smile tilts the corners of her mouth upward. She must be having a pleasant dream. I have forgotten what pleasant dreams are. My dreams are never pleasant. They're usually filled with dreadful images of running, always running, without a destination in sight. The veil between nightmares and reality is thin. Some days I have trouble distinguishing between the two. I would have ended it all long ago were it not for June. June is my reason to live, the only reason I still live. She is my purpose. I exist to keep her safe, for she needs protection from many things in this world. It has been eight years since I've seen another human being that wasn't my father or my sister, June. I'm convinced we are the last human beings on what was once called planet Earth. I would never tell June that. I tell her every day that I believe someone will find us, that we will one day feel safe instead of scared all the time. But I know that isn't true. I force a smile on my face each day in defiance of the truth, in defiance of the ache in my heart, and tell June that one day our lives will be filled with calm and order. It is a sharp contrast to the jumbled chaos of our day-to-day -day existence. Most days, the madness of it all weighs on me so heavily, I contemplate scouring the forest for berries my father warned me against, and filling my belly with them. Once, I came dangerously close to doing just that. A few weeks ago, I leaned against a tree trunk, mesmerized by the yellowish-orange fruit, and picked a handful. I brought my hand to my mouth and parted my lips, tears of relief slipping down my cheeks as I envisioned an end to it all, to the never-ending tightness in my throat, to the constant worry, the suffering. I was about to eat several berries when my sister called out to me in the distance. She was cheering excitedly about catching her first squirrel. 
which turned out to be a skunk. I froze. The gravity of what I was about to do hit me like a fist to my gut. The berries fell between my fingers and dropped to the ground below. In a minute, June, I yelled. I needed time to collect myself and breathe through the swell of emotion crashing over me. I had intended to take my life, had come dangerously close, in fact. The actuality of it staggered me. I was angry, scared, and grateful all at once. I sprang to my feet and paced for several moments, panting like a wild animal, before I calmed down enough to plaster a tight smile on my face. I returned to June and did not speak of what I almost did. She never asked, and I never told. I haven't done anything that reckless or stupid since— I don't have the luxury of doing such things.